Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Best friends forever. Do 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 do. Yo, this is the fantasy. Best friends forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stample, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie! What's going on? Not much, Greggy. I'm excited for the Jets tonight. J-E-T-S. See how long Sam Darnold is in there. Uh, getting more indications that he might be the week one starter. So that is very fun. I'm just excited overall for some football tonight. But the more important question, Greg, how was your kickball playoffs last night? So like I said, we were playing a crap team. Uh-oh. No, don't tell me. We won 16 to 1. Oh, wow. That was never the issue. That was never the issue. Here's the issue. Uh I'm being honest, and I've saved this. I didn't let anybody else talk about it on the air because I wanted to do it with you, Frank. Okay. Can I take a guess before? Sure. You were bored because you were blowing. No, I would never be bored. All right. Absolutely not. I know we're playing this terrible team. I I, I know it. I got it. My mentality always is you. I got to play my ass off no matter what. Way to win the game. Right? So I'm leading off, bottom of the first. I bunted down the first baseline. First baseman was creeping in. He grabs it. Like, I am dead to rights, obviously. But I know he's going to try to peg me because whatever. So I try to, like, run outside the base. Fine. And instead of pegging me, he doesn't want to throw it. So he's a big man. And I jump. And he collides with me. And I go down hard. Whatever, I'm a gamer. Adrenaline is, uh, adrenaline is rolling. It's rocking. I'm fine. You got flipped upside down. I did. In a, <laughs> I did. In a kickball game. But I felt this massive bruise on my um, like left hip-ish area. Maybe yeah. a little more thigh, I guess. I was like, this is going to be painful. And then walking after the game, adrenaline's like going down. Like, fine, no big deal. Yeah. And then when I got home and like showered, Oof. like immobile. Like I, I, so last like night... You're moving pretty good today. I am in so much pain. Really? When I got here, I went behind the bar, I got a whole thing of ice and put it like in my shorts and sat with it <laughs> before you got here. Yeah. I was like... Oh, gosh. So I normally start sleeping on my left side and then roll over to the middle and then to the right. It was too much pain to just lay on my left side. Like, I can't do it because I have to take my shorts off to show you the bruise. I'm not going to do that. I mean, we're best friends. You if you do. want to do it during a break, we could. I mean, you can do it on the air if you want. I'm not going to. Yeah, you probably shouldn't. It is... It's large. Yeah? It hurts. Did you get the old rub down from Judy after the game? She, she's got to help you out, right? She said, do you want Advil? That's it? Yeah. She didn't break out the baby oil or nothing? Nothing. I mean, we could bring the baby oil from here. So the problem was, and I was, talking, I was talking to Bavona about this this yeah. morning, because it's not like a muscle cramp, and it's just literally a bruise, even if you get a massage, they're just going to rub it, right? Mm, yeah. It's going to hurt worse. Mm. Like, I just touched about this. some Bengay or something, right? Like, that would be good. Yeah. Help you. But that's a muscle thing also. Really? It's not like a bruise thing. Bruise, you just got to, there's nothing that. you can do. I guess that's Advil, ice, right? Yeah, yeah, ice and Advil, exactly. So I iced it this morning. Nah, I mean, you still should have got a still no. should have got a little rub down. What I shouldn't have done is done. I was dead to rights. Like, yeah. what am I? Just take the out and move, go back to the. No, don't do that. Make it fun, Greg. Come on, like you said, you're a gamer, bro. So I did. So the next two times out, 
No buttons. No buttons. All yeah, right. Obviously, I got on base. <laughs> and then, because we were up like 11 nothing or 11-1 or whatever, I kicked it as hard as I could to the center field wall for a double. And we won 61. Next game, next playoff games, next Wednesday. Nice. I'm excited for you, Greggy. Uh, we did get a write-in for something that might be able to help you. All right, please. Uh, pineapple and cherry juice works as an anti-inflammatory. Oh, yeah? According to Elizabeth Miranda. All right. We could ask Dr. A what you should do when he comes on later in the show. All right, cool. All right, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. So, on the show today, we wanted to cover the top 24 running backs yesterday. We got through the top 15, right? That was what it was? Yes, sir. We got through well, the top 15. Your top 15. My top 15. Yeah. We got through my top 15, and then one guy in your... bum named Jarek McKinnon inside And then one guy a little bit later on for you. Today, we're going to... I'm not putting a cap on it. I, uh, we called it middle-round running backs. That's where they're going. All the guys I named for me are guys you're taking in the first three rounds. I know it's not necessarily the case for you, mm-hmm. but these are the next crew of guys are guys we're very, very comfortable with taking the middle rounds. Tomorrow on the show, I assume we'll still be talking running backs, and those are going to be your late-round Flyers, guys, like, take a shot on. Yeah, we um, should do a segment where we, like, rank the handcuffs. Like, deep handcuffs. We'll do that tomorrow. Like Chase Edmonds, uh, Bo Scarborough, guys like that. I love Bo Scarborough, by the way. Yeah. yeah Big we fan. see them all over. I love Bo Scarborough. Um, but we can do that tomorrow. Today, there's a lot of middle-round running backs to get to. We have Dr. A coming on in about 10 minutes. So, let's get right into it. And with that, we lead off with the stat of the deck. Yes, sir, Gergie. And I mentioned to you downstairs, uh, it has to do with DeMarco Murray and... Derrick Henry, the Tennessee Titans backfield, and that is DeMarco Murray scored 19 total touchdowns with the Titans over the past two seasons. 16 of those came from seven yards out or less. Additionally, Derrick Henry has had 14 or more carries five times in his career. He scored a touchdown in every single one of those games. So, you know, for DeMarco Murray, scoring 16 of his 19 touchdowns from seven yards out, it seems like a large probability of those will be going to Derrick Henry, or at least that's what we expect you know, for mm-hmm. him to get the ball inside the 10, maybe inside the five-yard line this season. Mm-hmm. That's, that's correct. Yeah. So I'm excited about his touch on upside this year. I am too, and that's one of the reasons I like Derrick Henry a lot. I'm, I'm in on Derrick Henry. I like Derrick Henry more than Alex Collins, which I think you, and you hate. I know that. That's fine. Uh, but I really like Derrick Henry this year. Yeah, I have Derrick Henry uh, in that next tier after Alex Collins. I just have Collins like entrenched in the third round, but... I think once you get into that fourth or maybe even if you miss out on some of these guys in the third round or if you want to veer away from a LaShawn McCoy for reasons we will obviously mention, I have Derrick Henry as my RB 18 and a half PPR. I think, you know, once DeMarco Murray got cut, everyone was so gung-ho about Derrick Henry. I think, you know, we were pushing him all the way up the draft board. Now, I think it's gone a little bit too far the other way for him to be going in, uh, you know, maybe like the middle of the fourth round. But I think once you get to that three-four swing, if you miss out on Alex Collins, uh, or Joe Mixon, uh, no, probably not. Uh, but uh, before the the rookies and guys like that, I think that's a nice spot for Derrick Henry to really slot himself in. I agree. I think Derrick Henry is a really fine RB two. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. He's not a high quality guy, but like yeah. where you're going, um, where you're going, Derrick Henry's fine. I, yeah. I have no problem with that. I don't. I don't think he has immense overall upside, but I looked at the past two years in terms of carries for the Tennessee Titans running backs. In 2016, 403 carries between DeMarco and Derrick Henry. Last year, 360 carries between the both of those guys. So 2018, I mentioned that stat that whenever Derrick Henry gets 14 carries a game, yep. uh, he has scored a touchdown. If you just project 14 carries per game over 16 games, that's 224 carries. I think Derrick Henry could be in that 230, 240 carry range. That leaves about 
anywhere from like 120 to 140 carries for Deion Lewis, plus whatever he does uh, in the pass game, whether it's like 40, 50 receptions. I think that's a fine workload and a fine time split for Derrick Henry and Deion Lewis. I think that's a fair projection. Uh, I think, you know, like 1,100 total yards and anywhere from like 8, 9, 10 touchdowns, I think that's fair for Derrick Henry. Like 950 rushing and like maybe 150 receiving, I think that's a very fine projection. Don't think he has immense overall upside, uh, but for the touchdowns overall, especially in standard and half PPR, I like him in that range. Full point, so I understand when, why so he what might. Number, what number is he for you? 18. 18. So he's number 18. For me, he is number 17, which makes sense because he's one spot ahead of Alex Collins. How dare you? What number is Alex Collins for you? He's 15. Right. Who's, six, who's the guy? Who is, six, who is the one guy in between here? Oh, you don't want to know. I do. LaShawn McCoy. And that's how we ended the show yesterday. Yep. And that's exactly where we wanted to pick up today. So where do you have McCoy right now? I know you don't. You're not going to draft him, but... You know, something Jake always said is the way that he makes his rankings is where he thinks running backs can actually finish. And you're projecting with basically everything that we know right now. When you project players and rank them, it's assuming that they're going to play 16 games. But I think those are two different definitions, right? Projections yeah. and rankings. Like, I'm ranking this for me. And if you want to buy it, that's fine. But like, I'm not... I'm <laughs> Venmo not... Greg Sussman. What's your Greg... Uh, what's your Greg? Greg Sussman. What's your Venmo... Greg Sussman. All right, there you go. I'm not using this as a projection model. I'm not trying to do that. I'm really not. So when I'm you not, rank, I'm this not, isn't where you think players can finish this year? No. Oh, well, yes. It just goes based on, like, where you want to draft them. Yes. I try to do a combination of them. So that's more what it is. It's, it's the order that I want to draft these guys in. Yep. And, like, here's obviously the most important thing of that, because there's so many guys that are like, all right, I'll take either guy. I'm fine with it, especially in an auction. But for the most part, like, it's just the order of guys that I want. Like, I like Marshawn Lynch and, and Rex Burkhead a lot, both of them. I have them next to each other. Just because Lynch is one spot ahead of Burkhead, do I want him that much more? No, I mean, it's close for me. Yeah. So that's kind of where I am. Before yesterday's show, I had LaShawn McCoy ranked as my 16th ranked running back, right in the same range that you have. Same him. exact spot. Same exact spot. I dropped him to 29 after the show, or at be- some point between yesterday and Saturday. Um, because I'm not going to be the one that gets him, and I know that, and I'm uncomfortable with that. If it gets to this point, this price point, fine, it won't. But I'm just definitely concerned, not that he's going to be suspended yet, but it gets so bad that the details of this case get so bad, he's placed on the commissioner exempt list with Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson was not arrested for anything at the time, right? Like, he had these problems, it comes out, he goes on the commissioner exempt list. That was it. He was on that list for the rest of the year. That's what scares me the most about McCoy. And I know people like Jake, for instance, are grabbing up McCoy in every value he has. Same with Wentz and same with um, Alshon Jeffrey with Jake. And McCoy's one of these guys. There's too much risk there. And I get the reward, right? The reward is you're getting a second-round guy in the fourth. I get that. Or the third. I'd rather someone else take that risk because I feel like you're just waiting for another shoe to drop. And this isn't like Ezekiel Elliott where there's that, there's that like definite timeline. Like, all right, you may lose him for six games max. Like, that's it. Yeah. You don't know when it's coming, yeah. but it's going to be six games at some point. If he ends up on that commissioner list, he could potentially not play this year. Correct. Yeah. And that's what scares me so much yeah, that I can't pull that trigger. Yeah, so that risk is not worth the reward for, for me. Yeah, so the way that I'm ranking it is that I think if he were to play 16 games, this is a fine range for him to be in just based on uh, volume. And I mentioned yesterday that last year, 
Uh, Frank Gore had 261 carries, and just based on that volume, he finished RB19. So you just see, based on volume, what your floor can actually be. Uh, I mean, even without the commissioner's list and, and this ongoing investigation that we have with LaShawn McCoy, there were concerns already, right? Like, he lost three quality offensive linemen in Cordy Glenn, Eric Wood, Richie Incognito. LaShawn McCoy is 30 years old. He has over 2,800 career touches. Yeah. So we know that with running backs, these things can... Like, you could fall off the fall off a cliff fast. Uh, so, I mean, there's questions about the offense, if Josh Allen is the quarterback, A.J. McCarron, uh, how many scoring opportunities is he going to get? So we had all these concerns already. Um, the reason why I still have him ranked in this range is because if, you just, if you're expecting him to play, I think his floor is you're going to get at least 250 carries right. and probably 40-plus receptions. And I agree. So that's why I still have him ranked in this range. In terms of drafting him, I don't have him on a single team yet. And I don't, I don't know if it's going to end up happening either, just for the reasons that you, that you said, Greg. Like, I don't know if that risk of him not playing is worth the reward of getting a, you know what, if everything works out, he could be like maybe like the 10th or 12th yeah, def- running absolutely. back. Yeah, absolutely. Is that risk yeah. worth it? And I, and I say no. I'm with you. Now, the other guy that you have to talk about in this range is Mark Ingram, right? Mark Ingram suspended for four games to start the season, but we know what it is. It's four games to start the year, and that's it. You're done. Got it. Cool. Problem with Mark Ingram was a problem you're going to have going into this season. There's Alvin Kamara, too. And what role does Mark Ingram play? No one remembers this or talks about this now, but Mark Ingram was really awesome last year. Like, really, really awesome last year. But the other side of that is, you know, if you're a Mark Ingram owner or you're a Mark Ingram supporter, that Sean Payton and Mark Ingram have a love-hate relationship. There's times where he's just glued to the bench, and you're just like, what the F? There's a lot going on with Mark Ingram. But the reward... Could be great. Like, but the other side of that, the risk there is he comes back from his four-game suspension and Sean Payton's an idiot or a dick and is like, you know what? We're going to stick with Jonathan Williams here instead. We're, you know, Mark Ingram, we don't need you. And like that is crazy. If that's the case, you'd have to imagine they trade him. They would have to. I, yes, I agree. I agree with Maybe that. Maybe Washington. Maybe so. Yeah. And I agree with that. So all that being said, we have Mark Ingram ranked because this is one I had actually lower originally. Um... But I moved him up since yesterday because I was like, you know what? I like Mark Ingram more than some of these guys. I'd be happier with him than some of these guys. So I actually moved him up. Where, where do you have him? I have him RB24. So I have him so RB23. It's, it's the cutoff. It's, you know, he's, look, we all know that if he wasn't suspended, he'd probably be going, you know, in this early third round range with Joe Mixon and guys like that. If On not that earlier, turn, man. If not earlier. You know, th- that group that we spoke about yesterday in the second round that included Devontae Freeman, uh, Jordan Howard, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, I think he would probably be in that I range. think so, too. In that 2-3 turn range. Uh, but I, I'd probably of- like him better. than i probably have him ranked my 14th ranked running back. Um, to me, ahead of McKinnon, certainly, and ahead of Mixon for me as well. He would, be my, he would be, if he wasn't suspended, my 14th ranked running back. Yeah, and I think that's fair. Uh, but, you know, he drops 10 spots because, look, four games is a big deal. Uh, especially, you know, a lot of fantasy football leagues, you play maybe 12, 13 regular season games, so... You're missing about a third of the season from Mark Ingram. Uh, And then, you know, that unexpected uh, Saints coaching staff where we don't really know what's going to happen once he returns. I'm in the camp. I believe that once he returns, maybe he doesn't get the full workload that he did last year, but I still do think that he's going to be a big part of this offense. Not only on the ground. Remember, he's been catching the ball more and more the past couple of seasons as well. I think something that we should talk about, and could this show, it makes sense, is which running backs does it make sense to draft with Mark That's Ingram? Exactly was my if question. You're going to, you. to if you're going to take him because I think that there's a lot of guys who make sense in this range, and I know you don't like Lamar Miller, but 
if Deontay Foreman starts the year on the pup list and we right. get the first, you know, six games where Lamar Miller is the lone back there, really, and he's getting between 15 and 17 touches a game, I think that makes sense where, you know, if you have a late fourth, you go Lamar Miller and Mark Ingram in the fourth and the fifth, and then you just kind of play Miller until Ingram comes back. Another guy who comes to mind is Rex Burkhead with the New England Patriots Absolutely. because, look, I don't think the Patriots are going to put Sony Michelle on the field as a starting running back or give him a significant role Early. until he un- understands the offense, understands pass protection. We've seen that year in and year out with Belichick and the staff. They're not going to put a rookie or a running back, nevertheless, in a position unless they know what they're doing. Some other names that come to mind. Chris Carson, right? Rashad Penny out for maybe the first week or two with his hand injury, with his finger injury. Chris Carson's going to be the guy to start the year. When Rashad Penny, first-round pedigree, comes back, he may get that role. By the time that he gets that role... You have Mark Ingram back. And the guys at CBS, on the CBS podcast, we're going to give them all the credit. Yep. Like, they came up with an idea. Frank told me right after the show yesterday, and I'm like, that's brilliant. And that's pairing a Mark Ingram with a Jamal Williams. Because Jamal Williams is the starting running back in Green Bay for the first two weeks. You know that. Then Aaron Jones comes back, but you're already halfway through Ingram's suspension then. I think that's a brilliant maneuver. Carson, Williams, Burkhead, it all makes sense, Frankie. We'll talk more about those kind of guys and where you should draft them on the other side. But first, players like Rashad Penny, Darius Geis, they're all hurt. Our injury expert, Dr. Ray, talks about those guys with us. Coming up next. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Welcome back to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Frankie Stanfall. I'm Greg Sussman. And when it's a running back heavy show, of course, it has been for most of the week and it will continue uh, through the end of the week. But where we begin now is to talk about running backs and talk about quarterbacks and wide receivers and more. Because it's time for that part of the week. Our injury expert, Dr. Ray from Inside Injuries, joins us right now. What's going on, Doc? Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? I would do it pretty well. Uh, I got to be honest with you, though. I, I'm hurt, and I, I don't think I'm hurt like seriously, but I had a very bad collision in kickball last night, and I have a massive bruise on my like, right, left thigh into the, the buttocks region. Um, do you know how long that would take to heal? So did you inc- incur this injury while kicking the ball? It was a, colli- it was a collision. It was a collision? Yeah. Okay. It took a fall. Wow. Yeah. Okay, was it on AstroTurf or dirt or grass? Dirt, or... dirt. Okay, mm-hmm. so about a week. You'll recover in a week. All right, that makes sense. Sounds about right. <laughs> I also have like this thing that might be a wart growing on the, like, the bottom of my foot. It's very painful. You're banged up, Greg. What's going on? Yeah, it's stress, I think. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, unfortunately, I'm not a specialist on warts. Yeah. Um, but I can refer you to the, good, the right specialist if you'd like. All right. I, I actually have, a, I have an appointment with my podiatrist next week or two weeks. <laughs> so I think, you know, I, thought, I was on the phone with you now. So I thought maybe we could talk about it. <laughs> but nobody cares about me, Doc. They care about these players. In particular, the guy we just talked about, and that was Rashad Penny. Now, Penny, 
had surgery or is having surgery, I believe it's on his middle finger, and there is the expectation that he should be back for opening day. And then, of course, it leaks out, well, maybe not week one and maybe not week two. What's the real deal on this injury with Rashad Penny? All right, so um, October 2nd. Wow. <laughs> uh, so, so first of all, when you have a finger fracture and you um, – you have to have surgery. That means that the fracture fragments are a little bit more, they're not lined up. Um, you know, they have to be sort of lined up to heal in sort of, uh, the right way. So right then and there, you know, that the, the, you know, healing time for the fracture is going to take a little longer, you know, so three to four weeks is very optimistic. I mean, yeah, he could come back in three to four weeks with a cast or a splint on, but you know, it's hard to carry the football, you know, with a cast on your hand. Right. And so, um, October 2nd, our optimal recovery time is seven weeks. Um, you know, uh, obviously if it does heal and heal completely, it should be just as good as new right before when the season was going to start. Right. If he tries to come back early and, and it, it, it sort of worsens the fracture, it prevents healing. Then you could be talking about 10, 12, 14 weeks if he kind of worsens it by coming back too early. So that's something you guys, fantasy players, have to take a look at. October 2nd is sort of like the date we're talking about. Um, we, we don't think that he should return by week one. All right. So also, it, it, essentially, Frankie, Rashad Penny's probably going to be back sooner than that because they're going to rush him, most likely, I, I would think. Yeah. But October 2nd is when Dr. A and the guys at Inside Injuries want him to return. That makes me very, very hesitant, and it really makes me like my Chris Carson, Mark Ingram idea uh, from a moment ago. But damn, really tough news when it comes to Rashad Penny. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say is, you know, you bringing up Chris Carson as a, a player to pair with Mark Ingram yeah. makes even more sense. And I don't know if you saw this report yesterday, Greg, but from Ian Rappaport, he actually said that the Seahawks view Chris Carson as their bell cow running back. Now, we don't believe that, but... Maybe they meant it for like the first couple of weeks, the first month of the season while Rashad Penny is getting right. This whole Seahawks running back situation has become a complete disaster. I mean, even going back to them drafting Rashad Penny in the first place, like this team has so many holes. They go out and draft a running back and then throughout preseason, preseason talk up a running back who they took the year prior in the seventh round over the guy they just took in the first round. So it just really doesn't make a lot of sense, and there's a lot, you know, really upside down. I've dropped Rashad Penny all the way down to RB30. Yeah, I have. I think that kind of makes sense with everything that we're hearing right now. I have him at 25, and I feel like I need to move him down even farther, honestly. I think I yeah. think also you guys should add one thing about him is that guy, if running backs that finger fractures, uh, when they first come back onto the field, their HPF does not escalate as fast as you want it to. The main reason why is they're also a fumble risk. Uh, good point. Uh, because of, um, you know, their hesitancy on getting hit right at the ball level. So it takes a few weeks for them to get used to that as well. So that's something to consider. Even if you do take him, um, you know, don't expect him to come right back right away. And, uh, you know, he may have a higher fumble rate than, you know, other running backs. That's a great point. That's a really, really great point, Doc. Drop Rashad Penny in your rankings. Now, continuing on, Doc, with uh, the running back. Sonny Michelle has been out for a while with New England. We were just talking about him and why Rex Burkhead's potentially a good pair with Mark Ingram. How close is Sonny Michelle retur to returning to New England? Okay, so I have to give our team some kudos here because when remember when they reported last week when Sonny Michelle just getting some knee procedure, yeah, some something happened. Right. We immediately talked about this. Like it's a clean. Remember we had we had this discussion. It's totally. Uh, it was a cleanup procedure, likely with debris, 
and you know with loose bodies right you remember all of that stuff well that's exactly what he had basically and so the the thing is is he's so young and he had to already have this procedure this type of procedure usually is reserved for a 7 8 year veteran that's been in the league that's developed osteoarthritis with loose body. so that is a that is sort of a uh, uh, sort of a small thing of sign to signs you know sort of things to come a small sign for things to come and so you know, Sony Michelle, great talent, love the kid, but you know, uh, it, it's really, really going to be difficult for him in terms of, of this of this knee throughout this initial season. He's at 22% injury risk because of this. So, you know, I, I don't know where you guys have him on your RB, but I think he's you know 30 plus at this point. For me, to answer your question, Doc, I have Sony Michelle very low. Uh, I have Sonny shot 45, so I'm with you. Yeah, that is very low. I have him still at RB36 just because, if look, they drafted him this early, so he has the pedigree, and I think at some point he will have a significant role with the Patriots, and we saw last year that can be a league winner with guys like Deion Lewis, what he did down the stretch for the New England Patriots. So, I mean, I think that's more so something to pay attention to in Dynasty, right, Greg? Like, if you have a rookie Dynasty draft, what Dr. A is talking about is, you know, a procedure like this is usually done on a veteran who's seven or eight years into his career. Tony Michelle's having that done before he even takes an NFL snap. It's an issue. It's kind of scary. It's an issue. Especially if you're going into a rookie dynasty draft. So I think that's something to keep in mind. Doc, I wanted to ask you about one Jarek McKinnon who I think I've just kind of uh, escalated to become the Jarek McKinnon hater, ultimately. Um, And look, he went to have an MRI on his knee last week. We saw when he left practice and the MRI revealed that he has, quote, just a muscle strain. So ultimately, what does that mean for fantasy football? Is that something that can lurk? with him for the entirety of the season? When is he going to be healthy? What do you got on Jarek McKinnon? Yeah, so uh, first of all, um, you know, it looks like it's a grade one calf injury. So calf, good news really? Is, okay. Yeah, and so good news is is that um, it's not a tear. It's not a grade two. So that would really, really set him back. It's a grade one. Um, and, you know, so that that's good. That's a good news. Now, the um, you know, he just he missed just one game in a four year NFL career, you know, so that's really, really good historical data for us uh, from a Jarek McKinnon standpoint. So here's here's sort of the short and skinny of it. He he's got he's an elevated injury risk right now at 19 percent. Not surprising because calf injuries to running backs, you know, it's just they need time to recover. August the 21st is when we're looking at him to be completely healed from this injury. And if he doesn't have any setbacks, he'll be back at low injury risk and back up to above average at least and probably hitting peak. So just wait two weeks. And, you know, some people may take him at RB even lower, even higher than 15. If you know, that, that's where we're looking at. I, I think the the, uh, the the key thing is, is that he doesn't have a setback in the next two weeks. And then he should be really back to low in peak health to start the season. So that's pretty comforting for me. Who does that? Jerry McKinnon ranked right around that number 15 spot, uh, Doc. Um, I think he's I think he's great. And I think the fact that he's going to be healthy and to prove to Frank he only missed one game despite the the slight frame he has, he's going to be fine. And he's going to be a bell cow-ish in this offense. I love Jarek McKinnon. Uh, that made me, made me feel a whole lot better. As it should, that is good news for you, Greg. Greg. I still just, I don't buy, I don't know if he'll be able to be that workhorse that we all expect him to be. Maybe for PPR purposes, can he, plus, uh, can he catch 60-plus passes this year? Yeah, that's probably possible. But I just feel like guys like Matt Breida, maybe even like a Joe Williams, they're talking up Jeremy McNichols now too. I think there's a chance all these guys kind of get worked in the season. It could end up being a frustrating situation 
Um, that's those are just part of the reasons why. Well, you me, know, I don't like. But let me. Yeah. Well, that's the uh, that's the thing with HPF also that so he could be playing in the game, but he also has to be productive to win fantasy points, right? So, the uh, the stat by just playing in a game is not good enough. Um, you know, obviously it's you have to have. That's why the HPF is there. Is if he's in the game, will he be effective? Productive? Yeah. And, and effective. And so um, will this injury impact that? And so um, what we're saying is, is that he may not get to peak right away, but above average with his talent and the fact that he'll be at low injury risk will give him an, our data was saying that it'll give him enough sort of uh, prowess to be up there like an RB 15. All right. So let me get over. Um... Let me get over to the New York Giants, who had a running back injury of their own. As Saquon Barkley uh, tweaked his hamstring, that's what they're calling it. He had an MRI. Uh, they keep calling it a tweak. He's been in uniform all week in practice, but he hasn't really done all that much. Uh, he said today if it was a playoff game, he hopes he would be out there. It wasn't exactly like, a, oh, I would definitely play. It was a, yeah, I hope so. So, you know, I, I don't know exactly what that means. I'm assuming it's a grade one hamstring strain, but what are you hearing and seeing when it comes to Saquon Barkley? Yeah, it's a, it's a grade one hamstring strain. Um, so it's not a soft tissue. Um, it's a grade one. So it's a two week recovery and he should be fine. Uh, August 21st. Now here's the, here's the thing. Um, our algorithm is saying that just because of this little tweak, it's not really impacting his injury risk category. It's staying low. So that's good. Now he's moved into below average, but that will escalate back to peak health without any setbacks. So starting, if he doesn't have any setbacks or any other injuries, grade one should resolve. And then by August the 21st, last week of August, he should be back to low in peak health. So right now, if he, if this is the only injury and he's your, um, and he's obviously your RB five, then, you know, you'll be okay. Yeah, so that that makes me very very comfortable. That's where like, he is in my RB five, right? So he's right he's right there. Yeah. Um, that's awesome to hear with Saquon Barkley. He'll miss this week's preseason game. Probably miss next week's preseason game, which is fine. And then he'll have two weeks to practice for real uh, for the opener. So that is absolutely perfect when it comes to Saquon Barkley. But in the flex league draft, Frank, I jumped on two Indianapolis Colts running backs, neither of which were named Marlon Mack, because I thought those injuries sounded kind of serious when it came to Marlon Mack. And plus, everybody hates Marlon Mack anyway. So, Dr. A, how serious is the injury to, to Marlon Mack? <laughs> so, it's a grade one hamstring injury. So, oh, okay. again, it's, it's, it's a manageable. The team called it a manageable hamstring strain. It is a manageable hamstring strain. So, we're congruent there. No gamesmanship there. Um, but, so he, but here's the issue. Before this injury occurred, we had him already at elevated injury risk and at PCAL. So, he was one of these elevated high risk, not high risk, high reward, but elevated risk, high reward type of guys. Now, he's at elevated injury risk, uh, 21%, and he's dropped to below average at 53% because of all of his other histories. And, you know, he, had a, he, he missed the entire rookie season with a torn labor. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, but, uh, you know, that's a big thing from an algorithmic standpoint. And so he won't get back up to peak health. He'll be at elevated injury risk and likely above average, maybe below, like kind of teetering on that border of HPF. So that's dropped in our minds that he, he would go from an RB34 to above 45. All right, there you go. Not exactly what you like to hear on Marlon Mack. Yeah, um, you know, I'm not really the Marlon, Marlon Mack guy at all. And, you know, some people shot you some looks uh, when you ended up with Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines. But I do think it will be, uh, I think it won't be long before those guys end up as the running back tandem in Indianapolis. Doctor, I wanted to ask you about, obviously, two very 
important stealers to their offense. Uh, Big Ben and Antonio Brown. Uh, Big Ben, we know, is dealing with a concussion. He left practice the other day. Uh, we're not going to see him this week. I don't know how long he's going to be out. Uh, so let's start with uh, Big Ben and then Antonio Brown, who is dealing with this quad injury, who it's kind of like flown under the radar uh, throughout the preseason. But, you know, it, I mean, it's still something that we should monitor considering, you know, he is the consensus number one wide receiver off the board. So what do you have on Big yeah. Ben and Antonio Brown? What are the severities for each of them? Yeah, so I think the world stopped in Pittsburgh when these two injuries got released, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, uh, so the Ben Roethlisberger, you know, the guy is a workhorse. I mean, he, he just gets injured all the time, but somehow finds a way to play and somewhat be productive. However, you know, years catch up to you. So the, he, we call him the house of cards analysis. So basically... You know, he was at low and peak, but we said that if he had any type of injury before the season started, that house of cards falls basically because he's had he's got so many injuries in the past. And so he's at high injury risk at 27 percent now and below average at 60 percent HPF. And he's just going to be not getting anywhere near to low and peak anymore. And so he, he it, in our mind, you got to drop him because he will not he this this is a sign of things to come this year for Ben Roethlisberger is what our algorithm is saying. So, I mean, this is I think this is his fourth concussion or fifth concussion. I'm not 100 percent sure he's had he's had a ton of them, but his uh, healthy to recovery date is August the 28th. And he'll be coming back with a high injury risk category. That's scary. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so, I, the one thing so. I do take away from that is that, you know, his healthy to re return date is August 28th. Right. So obviously that's before the season. So if we could just get him out there before the season, look, Big Ben, and I'm not sure how many preseason reps he actually needs. I think I've kind of come around as like the high guy on Big Ben. Yeah. Uh, just based on the weapons that he has there and the yep. offense surrounding him. Uh, so I haven't dropped him yet, but if we get more news coming out that closer to the season, uh, you know, there's more risk involved with him. I understand. And plus, like Dr. Ray said, I mean, the guy has been banged up throughout his, the entirety of his career. I just think when he's on the field, he's going to perform that's like a, a, a top 12 that, quarterback. That's the key. When he's on the field, right? Yeah, that's the key. So if you take high, if you take 27% of what, 16 games? So, I mean, we th we are thinking and our algorithm is predicting that he's going to miss at least a third of the games this year. All right, one last question for you, Doc. Um, oh, Antonio Brown, right? You oh, yeah, Antonio Brown. Why don't you give us that? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah, yeah, great, grade one quad hip strain, um, three weeks optimal recovery time, okay? So, so August, the uh, August the 24th is when he'll be back. Next don't week. foresee any issues. It's a minor strain, so he should be back to, um, you know, he was at a baseline of elevated injury risk at 18%. So just FYI, you know, don't be surprised if he does uh, get injured this season, even though he's a workhorse and likely the best ride receiver in the league right now when he's on the field. All right, Doc, we, we appreciate the time. I know we had a lot more players I wanted to get to, um, but quickly in, I guess, one sentence, essentially. The other San Francisco guys, George Kittle, I know people are high on, and you were really like Matt Breida here, Frank. Um, what's going on with Matt Breida and George Kittle? Yeah, grade two shoulder injury for Breida. Um, you know, it puts him to 20% injury risk, um, coming back, he'll be healthy to return on August the 21st, but he'll stay in elevated injury risk. George Kittle grade one, he had a minor separated, uh, right. had, I don't think, I don't think it was a separated shoulder. So he'll be back. He's only at 14% elevated oh. injury risk. He'll be back down to low and peak. All right. There you go. George Kittle should be okay. Matt Breida after that. Dr. A, a wealth of knowledge and information as always. This has been awesome. Thank you so much, man. 
All right, man. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you next week. We'll do it again next week. When we come back, more middle-round running backs. Where do you draft them? Frank Snabel, Greg Sussman, we let you know. It's your fantasy best friends forever on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back with you, Fantasy Sports Network, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Network, said that right there. Okay. Um, so we went into these middle round running backs. Before we do, let's get through the pimping part of the show. I want to remind <laughs> you, we were looking at the, the iTunes rankings during the break. Yep. We got the one-star reviews. We deserve more than one star. I'm not saying it has to be five star. I, I appreciate it if it was, but like, one star. It might have been the few shows where we tried like la 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 la. You think so? Maybe the week I was gone. see that. Might be Michael Florio too. Yeah. I'm going to have to ask Sabotaging. Him he, yeah, he won't tell us. Yeah. But anyway, uh, there's a little one-star reviews on there, a little two stars. That hurts. Like, it hurts <laughs> us. It hurts the brand. For sure, yeah. Rocky, intern, can you go rank, like, <laughs> like our show, please? Rank yeah. us five stars. Grab everyone's phone around you and just give us a five-star review on iTunes. Or anything higher than one star. Yeah, I mean, like, four stars is fine. Come on, man. We're here. We're trying to help you out, man. Please. That's what I thought. Please. <laughs> also, uh, we did a whiteboard series today. Is that, is that, is that on the oh. schedule? Oh, yeah. What numbers did I? Uh, three? Three. Number three. I think, yeah, I did eight yesterday. Did you so do ten yet? Yeah, we had a request for ten, I saw. No, I'm going to do three today, ten tomorrow. Okay. And then the top 12 picks are done. Only Greg, two so more. That's right. That's awesome. So three today. a little bit more up the sleeve, though. We do, indeed. Three today, uh, ten tomorrow. That'll be the last one. That'll be all on a playlist for you so you can know exactly uh, who to pick and when. It's the Frank Stample Whiteboard Series. And... You can watch that for free on YouTube, but if you want Frank's rankings, you have to subscribe to the Roto Experts Exclusive Edge Package. That is available right now using the promo code Frank, Frank the tank. tank. Frank the Tank. Use that, you get 10% off when you check out. Uh, let me go to the phone lines before we continue, Frank, at 844-843-6879. Let me go to Matt in PA. What's going on, Matt? Do we have Matt? Mateus, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, what's going on, man? Hey, uh, I just want to ask Frank a quick question. Sure, uh, I'll shut my mic off. Where do Where do I draft Royce Freeman? Like how soon? I know his his rise has kind of been meteoric lately, so I'm just I'm just wondering, you know. So I think uh, I'm going to interrupt immediately. Yes, um, <laughs> I, I think it's an awesome. question. It didn't last long. No, of course not. Um, I think it's an awesome question, and I think it's the right question because. We've mentioned a lot of running backs in that area, for me at least. Um, we mentioned Derrick Henry. We mentioned Alex Collins. We'll get into those more in a second. 
And I think Royce Freeman right now is almost like the last rookie running back left standing in that area. Darius Geis is in the area. He tore his ACL. Rashad Penny's in the area. He dislocated and broke his finger. Uh, Ronald Jones was in the area, and he was brutal week one of the preseason. The one left standing right there, yeah, on Johnson's obviously a rookie, and he's in the mix a little bit later for me. But the one really left standing is Royce Freeman, because the only guy standing in his way is Devontae Booker. Now, I don't know what you think about Devontae Booker, but I know you like Royce Freeman a lot. Royce Freeman is very high in my rankings, probably too high. Uh, what do you think about Royce Freeman, and where is he ranked, and where should he be drafted? I'm interested to see uh, where you have Royce Freeman ranked, because I kind of feel like I have him too high, too, but I've moved him all the way up to RB17. Yeah, so I have his RB16. I have him, I actually have him right before Derrick Henry and Alex Collins. I think I want to just swap that and have uh, Henry at 16, Collins at 17, maybe Freeman at 18. But like, that makes sense. They're all right there. I think Freeman... I think Freeman and Derrick Henry are very close, and I think that's a good, it's a good name to talk about, too, because we're talking about middle-round running backs. I think you know he has been rising up draft boards, too. To answer your question, I think the fourth round, right? Like, once you get in, past... End of the fourth round, I think. No, no. I, I think he's firmly entrenched okay. in the fourth round. I'm, I'm in a, a best ball draft right now, Greg, where I started Saquon Barkley. Uh, I think it's pick five or six, and then I got, uh, I got Keenan Allen, Mike Evans in the third... If Royce Freeman is there for me in the middle of the fourth, I'm going to take him 100% as my RB2. I just think there's not much competition there. You mentioned Devontae Booker. I don't think this coaching staff, um, I don't think they like Devontae Booker all that much. They went out and they purposely drafted Royce Freeman in the third round of this year's draft. And he was a beast in college, man. Over 5,600 career rushing yards, 60 touchdowns on the ground. Don't forget this, 79 receptions in his four-year career at Oregon, right? So... This guy, you know, while he's 230, he's a little bit more bulky. He can actually catch the ball out of the backfield. So, Devontae Booker could have his role on this team. Maybe, you know, he'll get a series here or there, a change of pace, you know, whenever Royce Freeman wants to take a break. But Freeman looked very good in that first preseason game. Four carries, 38 yards, a 23-yard touchdown where he just kind of scampered into the end zone and outran everybody. Um, I like his combination of being able to break tackles with his big bulky frame Catch passes out of the backfield. I think he has an opportunity here, Greg, to be uh, a workhorse running back for the Denver Broncos, and that's why I moved him up. That I, high I, I agree with you, and that's why I have him uh, now number nineteen, uh, number eighteen, rather. Um, after that switch, um, I feel the same way you do. But the question I have to ask is: Are we basing too much on one preseason game? And I realize it was the only thing we really have to judge a Royce Freeman on, but we kind of hate Ronald Jones now, and we love Royce Freeman, and a lot of that is really just based on practice reports and one preseason game. If Ronald Jones goes off tomorrow or Saturday, whenever they play, yeah. this whole narrative changes. And if Royce Freeman is, gives you Ronald Jones-type numbers, everything changes. And are we basing too much off of that? Uh, that might be true, but I just think you look at the opportunity here, too. And between Tampa Bay and Denver, it's two completely different situations because everything we're hearing out of Tampa Bay right now, it's kind of similar to Seattle. They're talking to Peyton Barber as they're starting running back there. Denver, you're not really hearing that with Devontae Booker. All we're hearing out of Denver Broncos camp right now is good reports on Royce Freeman and the fact that he can be a workhorse running back and that he has that ability. And not just from coaches. You know, we're hearing this from beat reporters as well. Um, so it, it's just a different situation. Peyton Barber, you know, consistently they're talking about him being the starter. And what I worry about, especially with any rookie running back, is pass protection. And they're talking about how Ronald Jones is really struggling in pass protection. And not only that, he's struggling catching the ball out of the backfield. Now, I don't completely hate Ronald Jones because if you look at that first preseason game, he still scored a touchdown. It's not like Peyton Barber was amazing in that first game either. So I don't hate Ronald Jones. Maybe you knock him down a little bit. Uh, 
more so into like that sixth round range. Um, but I think where Royce Freeman is being drafted uh, compared to Ronald Jones is warranted. And I don't think we're putting too much since it's just one preseason game, Greg. I want to go to the phone lines. I know a lot of you are waiting at 844-843-6879. Let's get to our buddy Steven in Massachusetts. What's up, Steve? Do we have Steve? Stevie! He's gone. All right. Up next, Ryan from Tampa. What's up, Ryan? Hey, how you guys doing? Doing great, dude. Yeah, of course. Hey, so I have a bit of a dilemma here. Uh, I have the first pick in a 12-man standard league, and uh, the hardest part really is that, uh, you know, second round and third round pick back-to-back there at 24-25 spot. And typically I've been doing a couple mock drafts here and there, and I'm always ending up with these kind of set of – wide receivers and running backs that I can choose from. You got Mixon, McCoy, Evans, Hilton, uh, Fitz, Diggs, um, those kind of guys. Um, who would you pair and why? I mean, that's where I'm kind of at, kind of at right now, and I don't know what to do. So I think um, my – so I, I hate to interrupt, but the, the, the answer – listen, the answer to the question is by watching Frank's whiteboard series of who do I pick with the number one pick, this literally answers this question, Frank. Yeah, and I think in a 12-man standard league, obviously you're going to start one of Gurley or Le'Veon Bell. I would take Gurley in that situation. I think the answer for me is if one of those round two running backs fall to you that we've been talking about, Devontae Freeman, Jordan Howard, and you mentioned Joe Mixon, who you're getting in mock drafts, if one of those guys fall, you definitely take one of those because as we've seen, Greg, firsthand in standard leagues, we did a non-PPR draft uh, last weekend and running backs just flew off the board. Greg had to take... Marshawn Lynch in the fourth round. I took Alex Collins in the third round. It just seems like in those non-PPR drafts, running backs just fly off the board. So if you're on that turn at pick one and you don't take your RB2, there's no guarantee, there's no saying who's going to come back in that 4-5 swing. Now, if you knew that you could get like Mark Ingram and another one of these running backs we've been talking about, I don't mind that strategy at the 4-5 turn. But personally, if one of Joe Mixon or one of those other round two running backs manages to slip to you, you take Joe Mixon and you pair him with, in my opinion, Mike Evans because I think he has the most touchdown upside of any of the wide receivers going in that range, Greg. Yeah, I, te- I, I tend to agree with you when it comes to the number one pick. Uh, let me continue on with the phones, 844-843-6879. Uh, Michael in Texas, you're up next. What's up, Michael? What's up, guys? Had to throw a couple of running back names that you've had yep. some uh, late-round values and wanted to know what y'all thought. Okay. So, uh, I mean, before I go into that, Kenneth Dixon's making his debut. Uh, this Monday in the preseason game. Okay. So I wanted to know what that y'all think about that and how that will affect Alex Collins as well. I wanted to know y'all take on C.J. Anderson, Latavis Murray, and the last name on my list. Uh, well, yeah, those two. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll take him briefly. I'm going to let Frankie go into Kenneth Dixon and Alex Collins. C.J. Anderson played that fourth quarter of the Carolina Panthers preseason game. The fourth quarter, and that was it. The first preseason game, and C.J. Anderson, despite the contract, is playing with the third stringers. I have no interest in C.J. Anderson. When it comes to Latavius Murray, he's a handcuff to Dalvin Cook. I think you draft Dalvin Cook, you draft Latavius Murray. He's one of those guys, Frank, we talk about tomorrow with the most Scarboroughs of the world, the Chase Edmonds of the world. Latavius Murray is very much on the list. Last year, he proved ever capable. I'm good with Latavius Murray as a handcuff. Then you get to Baltimore. And every year, they have a different running back that steps up. From Buck Allen to Kenneth Dixon to last year, Alex Collins. You are the guy, the high guy on Alex Collins. You believe in this dude wholeheartedly. I have a bit of trepidation because I think there's a lot of names in that vicinity that could overtake him and you're going to feel left out. 
What do you make of Kenneth Dixon, and how does it affect Alex Collins? Yeah, so originally the team drafted Kenneth Dixon to kind of be this next workhorse running back. I think they viewed him as a dual threat, a guy who can run the ball and catch the ball. If you look at what he did in college, uh, he was able to do both of those things very successfully. The problem is he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And Alex Collins, to me, in my, in my opinion, he would have to suck. He would have to drastically underperform for Kenneth Dixon to have standalone value this season, or he would have to get hurt. Uh, it, last year, you look at what Alex Collins did in that second half of the season. He really proved that he can be a workhorse running back. I think it was after week 10, he averaged 19 touches per game. In my opinion, that's right in that workhorse range. So uh, they proved how much they like him. I think that uh, I think Buck Allen is the pass-catching running back on this team. So maybe Alex, Alex Collins more so the first and second down back and the goal line back. Uh, and then... Buck Allen is the receiving back. I think at this point, Kenneth Dixon is no more than a backup, a handcuff. Again, something would have to go seriously wrong with Alex Collins, whether it's underperformance or injury for Kenneth Dixon to have value this season. And just uh, talking about Latavius Murray, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think he's one of the best handcuffs to grab, especially with Dalvin Cook coming off the torn ACL. Uh, but not only that, I read the stats yesterday about how many rushing attempts there were on this team, on the Vikings last year. I think Latavius Murray can still have some standalone value, whether it's like 8 to 10 touches per game. But if something were to happen to Dalvin Cook, he is easily a top 15 running back if, if Dalvin Cook is not in the line. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, it's, it's amazing to me. Like You love Alex Collins, yes, sir. but you hate Jay Ajayi. And Jay Ajayi is going, for me, where I have him ranked, just a few spots after Alex Collins. To be exact, two or three. Uh, I have Alex Collins 17, and I just moved Royce Freeman. So I have Jay Ajayi ranked as my number 20 running back. You don't like Jay Ajayi at all. You own him nowhere. Now, I like him for this reason. Last year, he was arguably a first-round pick, right? Like, he was a guy that maybe as we got later, closer to August, you were taking him at the beginning of the second round. And he struggled a bit early in Miami, gets traded to Philly midway through the year, and everyone screamed, Doug Peterson, Doug Peterson, The fact is, LeGarrette Blunt's gone. Wendell Smallwood, either he's amazing or he's on the roster bubble. I really don't know which one. You have players like Darren Sproul still there, Corey Clement, and I get it. It's a lot of names. And that's what we just described with Alex Collins, too. But Jay Ajayi is the one, quote, big back there, I think. It's his contract year, and they traded for him for a reason. People point out that Doug, that Doug Peterson doesn't care about running the ball. He doesn't care about running, running back in particular. It's interchangeable to him. But the Philadelphia Eagles last year had the third most, most rushing yards in all of football. They do rush the football. And I think this year they have a primary ball carrier. And I think it's Jay Ajayi. I know we can talk all we want about the bone-on-bone bone on bone condition of his knee. It's held up in the NFL. Now, the one negative stat, one negative stat rather, if you look at the Eagles' offense um, and the rushing attack in particular, they only had nine touchdowns last year. The two teams ahead of them that had more rushing yards, the Jags and the Cowboys, both had 18. The two teams below them, the Panthers and the Saints, had 15 and 23. That's an anomaly to me. I think that number goes up. We said Carson Wentz is going to have that many touchdowns passing. A regression is going to come. I think positive regression comes from the Philadelphia Eagles rushing attack. I think J.H.I. gets more touchdowns. I think he's very possibly their RB1. And I think when it's all said and done, he'll be a solid RB2. I like J.H.I. Yeah, so you're going to have to hope that he gets more touchdowns this year, Greg, because he only had two total touchdowns last year. I know. So positive touchdown regression is obviously coming for Jay Ajayi, 
The truth of the matter is there hasn't been a really lead or workhorse running back under Doug Peterson with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, in 2016, Ryan Matthews led this team with 155 carries. Last year, LeGarrette Blount led this team with 173 carries. Now, you can argue that Jay Ajayi is the most talented of that bunch. I don't think we can really dispute that. But just going on the history that we have with Doug Peterson, uh, it's been a very frustrating situation for fantasy. And for what it's worth, once Jay Ajayi was traded to the Eagles last year, he had just two carries inside the 10-yard line for the rest of the season. Corey Clement had four. That's very telling to me. Yeah. Like, Corey, and we know that about Doug Peterson is that once you get down near the red zone, the goal line, like, he changes running backs up. He puts in new rotations. I remember a couple of years ago, we'd have that random Ken John Barner touchdown come in. Uh, Corey Clement has popped in here and there. And don't forget, Darren Sproles is back. And this team loves Darren Sproles. So I don't know that he'll have a much bigger role than maybe like a third down, just pass catching uh, running back role. But I don't think Corey Clement is just nothing. And I think Corey Clement will have a role for at least, you know, eight to 10 touches per game. And then for whatever it's worth, after, you know, he'll have his 10 touches. Darren Sproles will have his, whatever it is, maybe six to eight. The rest is going to be J.H.I. The question is, what's left there, Greg? Like, what do you actually, right. what do you predict? 14 to 16 touches a game? It's going to be inconsistent. Maybe he's a best ball running back. I think there are weeks where, you know, he'll be over 20 touches. There might be some games where he's under 10 touches. I just don't really want that as my RB2, Greg. Where are you, uh, who, where is he ranked in your rankings? With all that being said, you have him RB20, I have him RB21. So it's right there. But like, who is, who is running back 20? The thing is, none of these guys are, like, you don't feel good about any of these guys. Who's 20? Derek McKinnon. That's <laughs> stupid. I don't like those guys. And then, like, Lamar Miller's 22, and I don't like him. I actually do like Marshawn Lynch, 23, so. I have Marshawn Lynch, 21. I should, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to move him up because I, I, I clearly like him right. more. Mm-hmm. So. And then the other name I have in the mix here with Marshawn Lynch and Jay Ajayi in the same range is Kenyon Drake. And I think that's a really tough one also because you read all these positive reports Very about annoying. Frank Gore, and it's annoying. And I don't think that Frank Gore is glued to the bench like people think. Like, 1A and, and 1B, right? Because Adam Gage is an asshole. That was the whole thing. And that's still the thing. What do we do? Where do you draft Kenyon Drake? I would take him in the fourth round. I would take him ahead of Jay Ajayi. Uh, I think, again, there could be some inconsistencies here for Kenyon Drake, but one of the first shows that we did when we started talking about fantasy football this year, Greg, is guys that you want to be exposed to. And part of the reason why I said Kenyon Drake is you just look at the metrics that he, that he had last year. They just proved that he was a great running back. 4.3 yards after contact per attempt. He was a workhorse after week 13. Helped a lot of teams win fantasy championships. The biggest problem is that he's on the Miami Dolphins with Adam Gase, who I don't think knows what he's doing. Great show today. We have a lot more to cover tomorrow. Uh, it'll be fun. We appreciate you watching. I want to thank Dr. Ray for joining us. For Frankie Stanfield, my name is Greg Sossman. Thank you so much for watching the BFFs. We'll do it again tomorrow. We hope. hope.